Hey, thank you for listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are streamed. You can also visit PraiseChapelLasVegas.com and follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas to stay connected with PCLV. Thank you again for listening. Here comes today's message. something, each and every one of you that is here, can you shout? Come on, can you shout? Now, can you give them a praise? Come on, can you praise him? Can you thank him? Can you say, thank you, Lord, for bringing me here? Because he deserves all the glory, all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Because he is good. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat now. I got a lot of pages there. Amen. start this morning, I want to read out of uh, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9. If you have your Bibles with you, open it up. Use a Bible app, open it up. You know, because what we need to do is we need to read the Word of God. Amen? Today, it's already up there. What did you come here for? Ask yourself, what did you come here for? Amen? Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, nor the strong boast of their strength, nor the rich boast of their riches, but let those boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. And for these I delight, declares the Lord. Amen. Father God, just thank you and praise you for this day, Lord God. That every soul that is here today, Lord God, those that are not able to be here this morning, Lord God, you would touch them where they're at, Lord God, that your word would penetrate their hearts, Lord God. Penetrate our minds, Lord God. Cleans us and wash us, Lord God, of all the things that are impure in our lives, Father God. As we examine ourselves, Lord God, before you, in Jesus' name, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen. Amen. But the question is today, what did you come here for? Amen. You just come here. Because you wanted to be next to your friend? 
Or maybe you came here because your family's here. Maybe you came here because you're in some kind of a program, right? And you feel obligated. But I want you to know that you're not here just because you're here. You're here because God has brought you here. See, that's one thing that we understand as children of God, that we understand that God is the one that motivates us. And he also gives us, each and every one of us, a free will. A free will. Understand that. You have a free will. It was your choice. You made it. You came here. For those that didn't make it, I'm sorry, but we're the ones that God is going to speak to today because we're here. Amen? But what you come here for? Did you come in here with doubt? Did you come in here with feeling like, well, nothing's going to happen? I'm serious. Did you come? How, how did you come in? How did you come into the house of God today? What did you expect to happen today? Do you just show up just to show up? God wants you to know that something is going to happen. But you have to want it to happen. You have to understand that the word of God is not going to come back void. Something is going to happen here today. Do you want it to happen? Uh, God, I don't think they heard you. You know, amen. God is wanting you to respond. My brother said something when he was up here. He said, you have to seek. You have to seek and ask and knock for the doors to be open. How many of you came in here seeking? Only one, two. How many of you have been knocking on the doors? Come on. God is there for you. Did you come in here with any expectancy? I, I like to use that word a lot because there's action behind that. You have to see that there's something going on in the background, something's going on in the Word of God, something's going on in what God wants to do in your lives. Are you just here just to be here? Did you come here with any anticipation? These are words that, that, that bring forth action in our lives. These are words that God has wanted to show you that he can do more than what you think or what you say or what you do. When you get up in the morning, when you look around you, what do you see? When you go outside in the morning, what do you see? There's a song that I heard recently, and, and it says, everywhere I go, everywhere I go, what do you see? Don't you see the Lord is in everything? Because that's what he's trying to get us to realize. God is everywhere. God is the one that created all things. He said by his word, by his voice, that everything was put into place. But we don't see it. We don't even, we get up in the morning and we don't even know where we're at. We get up in the morning and we just grab whatever we need and we dash out the door. We don't even spend any time with God. We get up and we go to work. We do 
our routine. We go and do our shopping. We go get our gas, and we go home, and we do the same thing every day, but we don't spend time with God. We're so caught up in our routine, so caught up that we don't even believe that there is a God. It's pretty quiet in here now. I love the way my sister expressed herself on Wednesday night. Because, see, one thing is God always shows his love. And one thing that she has, has realized is the love of God in her life and how she spreads that. What do people see in you? That's what God's wanting to know. What do they see in you? What do they see in you? You're out there in the world day after day after day after day after day. What do they see in you? See, now we're going to get real. What does God see in us? Am I the same person every day that I'm always doing the same thing day after day that they don't even see Christ in us? They don't even see God moving in our life. I have a testimony. I have a testimony. I was at work last week, and a co-worker was walking by, and he was struggling. He was barely making it. He was crippled. His legs were swollen. And I went up to him. I said, can I pray for you? He said, sure, but he kept walking away from me. It's okay. I said, fine, follow me. I kept walking towards him. Later on, I was getting off work, clocked out. And he was headed in front of me towards his car. And again, I said, can I pray for you? Are you sure? I said, I don't think so. I said, can I pray the simple prayer? God, heal me. Take away the swelling. Take away the pain. Take away the hurt. And he did. Two days later, I go back to work. And I got there before he did. And I seen him walking in. And he's walking in. And he's walking in. And he's walking in. And he's walking in. And I didn't even have to ask him. He said, God, heal me. Because I prayed for him. Because I went out of my way and I saw the hurt in his life. And I prayed and God healed him. And then the following day I saw him again and he kept confessing, I'm healed. That's what God wants to do in his house today. Brother, if you have that uh, scripture, uh, uh, Joshua chapter 5. Verse 13 through 15. I want you to know something. That where we're at is important. What people see in us is important. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does the Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. Joshua did so. Where you're standing. We're in the presence of the Lord. Where you're at, you are on holy ground, he says. He is in the presence of his house. Do you believe that today? 
You have to accept that God is here to move in your life, but a lot of times we just go out and nothing happens. We come in here with a doubt. We come in here with discouragement. We come in here with a lie of the enemy saying, God can't move in your situation. God can't move in your marriage. God can't move in your body and can't bring healing upon you. God can't do anything in you because you doubt. The enemy puts that doubt in your life, not God. God says, I can do all things, all things through Christ Jesus, all things in your life. God can conquer anything that is going on in your life if you just ask. That co-worker didn't ask. I went out of my way because, will you let me pray? Will you let me pray? And he responded, yes. That's all it took, a yes. When I got saved, I asked God, God, if you're real, show me. Show me. That's all I said because I was so sick and tired of living the life that I lived. Show me, God, if you're real. And he did. I was out nowhere, nowhere. Nobody was around me. And yet, all of a sudden, somebody showed up. Somebody showed up. The commander of the Lord's army. God showed up. He uses anybody. He will use you. He will use you. He will use you because he will show up in your circumstance if you cry out to him. But he can't hear you. He can't hear you because you're not crying out to him, because you're not letting him come and touch your circumstance. You're not letting him touch your infirmity. You're not letting him touch what you're going through. You're not letting him touch your body where it needs to be healed because you come in here with doubt instead of expecting God to move. He put up 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 27 through 31. God wants you to know some things. You have to know who you are. God says, now you are the body of Christ. Each and every one of you is part of it. And God has placed the church first, all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then the gifts of healing and helping and guidance and different kinds of tongues. And all our apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all work miracles. God is wanting to know what is the greatest gift. What are you looking for? What did you come in here for? Are you just going to come in here being the same person when you came in here, when you go out? Are you going to expect God to give you something else before you leave? He can't do anything unless you want it. You have to desire it. You have to want it. When I got saved, I wanted a change in my life. I was tired of being a drug addict. I was tired of being an alcoholic. I was tired of being a thief. But what are you tired of? Are you tired of that world that's out there that's going to cheat you of your salvation? You have to know what you want. You have to desire it. You have to speak out and let God know where you're at. He already sees where you're at. He knows where you're at. But did you tell him? Because you have to voice it. You have to speak it. You have to let him know who you are and what you want. 
But you can leave here the same if you want. You can go out those doors and complain and murmur and gripe and go back to your homes and get back to your same old routine. Go to work, go home, get up, go to work, go home, do your shopping, do your Facebook or whatever it is you do, and be miserable all your days of your life because you won't let God in. God can't come in unless you let him. Did you hear that? You got to let him. Last week, I asked Pastor Sonny, I asked him to pray. And, and I asked him, you know, just because of the message for today. And I asked him to pray over me. And the words that he spoke was, we need to examine ourselves, examine what I, what I am, who I am. Because I need to, to get right with God. See, one thing is you want to do something in the kingdom of God. You want to have the reverence of, of God in your life. You have to know what, where you stand. What, what are you doing right? What are you doing wrong? What, what, a lot of times we already know who we are. We already know what we're doing. But yet a lot of times we want to call out to God, God, show me. Show me what I need to get rid of in my life. Show me what areas in my life I need to get rid of. Show me what things in my life I need to give to you. Because, see, we come up here and we want to get rid of things in our life, but the problem is we never lay it down. Lay it down. Lay it down at Jesus' feet. Lay it down. Lay it down. We don't. We, we set it down in our hand, but we pick it right back up because we don't want God to move in our situation. We don't want God to move in our circumstance. We just want to carry that baggage with us. I don't know about you. When I first got saved, I read a book called Pilgrim's Progress. Amen. It's an old book, man. It's been out for centuries. But I read it. The problem is, is that we carry things. We carry things through life. We take it and we carry things over and over and over. And we keep packing that bag over and filling it in our back. And we keep carrying it. And we come to church and we still want to carry that baggage. And God says, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. But I won't ask God to take it away from me because I'm afraid of what will happen. I'm afraid that he might use me. I'm afraid that he might call me a prophet. I'm afraid that he might call me a preacher. I'm afraid that he might call me a missionary. I'm afraid that I might have to be a steward in the house of God, that I might have to clean toilets. I might have to go out there and sweep the yard. I'm afraid that if I get right with God, I'm going to have to do something. You're right. You're going to have to do something. Get off your butts and get out of your houses and do something. My brother says, oh, yeah, I'm doing something behind the scenes. No, you're not, because God already knows what you're doing. The thing is that nobody, he doesn't say anything. Why? Because nobody wants to say, here I am, God, use me today. I want to do something in your kingdom. I don't want to just come to church and go to home and do the same old routine over and over again. No, I just want to just go home, kick back on my couch and watch my TV and watch my sports today and watch all those things that are in the world today, looking at the news today, looking at the politicians, looking at the Democrats and the Republicans fighting. That's all I want to do. They're going nowhere. They're fighting a losing battle. 
The battle says it's mine. God says I've overcome the world. Anything that is in your life, God says I have overcome it. But the problem is we don't want to get rid of it. We don't want to give it to him. We don't want to let go of it. We want to hold on to that baggage. We want to hold on to that garbage. We want to go through life just the way we are. Sad, miserable, discontent. But God wants you to come in here with some perspective. All you're seeking is being filled and being filled just to know that I am a God, to know that you're God. Joshua was in the presence of the Lord in chapter 2. I don't know if you remember Moses was in the presence of the Lord at the burning bush that wasn't burning. And the Lord told him, take off your shoes. You are standing in holy ground. God says, if you're in my house, this is holy ground. You are standing in the presence of God. I want you to know that if you are a child of God, everywhere you go, everywhere you step, that's why if you come in here during prayer time, you see me walking around and you see me touching things, it's because God is moving. God is doing something. God is touching everybody that's sitting down in a chair, the sound system, the lighting. He's concerned about everything that you go through. He's concerned that you're part of the tree of life. He's concerned that you have a lamp lit and a torch full of oil in your lives. He's concerned about what you're doing. But are you letting, are you letting shine through you? See, that's one thing God wants to do is he wants to shine through you. He wants to be something inside of you that's radiant, that's glowing. That's showing that the world, there's something different in you. But are you letting, are you letting, are you letting it do something in your life? Are you letting it flow in you? Are you still trying to hold on to your infirmities? Are you still trying to hold on to your addictions? Are you still trying to hold on to being a sipping saint? Are you still trying to hold on to the, the cigarettes and the, the drugs on the side? Oh, God doesn't see it. God God sees everything. God knows everything about you. God knows where I was at when I came to him. I was tired. Religion isn't going to help you. I was stood before the church that I was raised up into. I was outside on the curb, and I couldn't get myself to go toward that building, toward that church, because the words that came in my mouth, this is how real God is. The words that came to my mouth was this. You've been going there. All your life, and nothing has changed. See, religion can't change you. God is asking you for a relationship. He's asking you for you to know who he is. You can't know who he is if you're not knocking on his door. He wants to let you in. He wants to let you in, but he wants to come and be part of you, inside of you. Inside of you, that's the Lord that I serve. That's the God that I know. Do you know? Do you know that you know that you know that you know that you are saved? These are words that we used to hear 30-some years ago when we got saved. Do you know? It was something that would go on and on and on and on and on because we knew we stood right before God. But do you know who you are? Can you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today? Do you know that he can do something in your life? Can, do you know that he can perform miracles right now? 
We don't even have to end the service. He could be moving in your life right now, moving and bringing deliverance and hope and healing in your life right now. You don't have to wait till the end of the service. That is how the awesome God is. what he has done. I see what he has created. I see what he has formed with his mouth, with the words that he has spoken. I see Jesus Christ in everything that I see and everything that I do, anything that is around me. I see the Lord has made all things possible. And without him, nothing stays in its place. He formed the universe. He formed the galaxies. He formed the sun and the moon. But we go outside, we're not even thankful. We don't even look at the stars. We don't even look at the moon at night. We don't even look at the sun. We are afraid. What are we afraid of? Are we afraid to come up here because we think we're going to get punished? That's a lie from the enemy. The enemy is the only one that's going to be punished, and only those that are following him. God is not here to punish you. God has brought you here for a reason, to let you know that he is real. If you're here, it's because he's pulled you here. He's pulled you here. He's possess, trying to get you to realize that he wants not to possess your life, but to let you know that he wants to come into your life. But we won't let him. No. I'm just waiting for the water to be stirred like the man at the pool of Bethesda. I'm just waiting for somebody to stir the water so I can get up. I can't even get up. Or uh, I'm waiting for somebody to help me in. Nobody's going to help him in. Why? Because they wanted to go in there before him. Oh, I got my healing. Let God just move in me. Forget that other guy. Do you want to be healed? You want to be delivered? You want to get delivered? You want to get something broken in your life? Maybe there's anger. Maybe there's things going on in your marriage. Maybe there's things going on in your household. Maybe there's things going on in your family. Maybe there's things going on in your workplace. Maybe there's things going on in schools. Maybe there's something that you're going through, but you haven't shared it with anybody. God says, you got to let me know. He already sees what you're going through. He already knows what you're going through. But a lot of times we won't even come into the doors because we don't want to hear what God has to say. And God says, yeah, I'm going to use a scripture in Hebrews 4.12 for the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword piercing the soul and the spirit, the thoughts and intents of the heart. This is what God wants to do. He wants to touch the insides of us and bring out things that are impure so we can get right with him, so we can go on and have a joyous day and go on and know who he is and, and have the radiance of the Lord in our lives. But we want to hold on to those impurities. We want to hold on to those things that are unclean in our lives instead of coming to know who he is. What did you come here for? 
Maybe you just thought, well, I'll just come in here and, and do my thing, and that's it. I'll just go back to the program, and, and everything will be all right. No, those that keep coming back is because you want something more. You keep coming back because God is moving in your life. You keep coming back because you see God doing something. You keep coming back. Oh, I saw that sister get healed. I, got to, I saw that brother get healed. I got to, saw that brother get delivered. I remember one time we were at a conference and I went up there to pray for somebody else. And while I was praying for that somebody else, God touched me. Why? Because I, I just wanted to see God move in somebody else and he moved in my own life. But we come here, we're just always concerned about just me, 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 and me, and me, and me only. And I go out, yeah, it's just all about me. What happens to the Lord? What happened to the presence of the Lord in your life? What happened to that day when you said, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. What happened to that day? What happened to that day when you said, God, use me. God, fill me. God, take things out of my life. God, move in my circumstance. God, I need healing. God, I need deliverance. But what happened to that day? Did it vanish? Did it disappear? No. It's still there, but you haven't even touched the throne room of God. Because you won't cry out. You won't ask. You won't seek. You won't knock on his door. You won't let him know that you're there, that you're going through something. You've got to let him know. That's how real God is. He's so real that you know, when you don't like to hear the words being preached, you're going to run. You're going to run. You're going to run because you don't want to have God move in your life. You don't want to see God touch your life. You don't want to see God touch your infirmities because, oh, it's all about me still. It's all about what I want. But it's not. The problem that we have is our relationship with the Lord. That's the problem we have. See, that's what separated us in the first place. That's what separated us from God when we were in. you got to realize, if you were Adam in the garden, come on, let's get real. If you were Adam and you were in the garden and you were told not to eat off that tree, what would you do? What would you do? Well, I, oh, you're, I know. You guys are going to come up with this excuse. It wasn't me, Lord. It was the woman you gave me. Right? It's her fault. Wimp. You were told not to eat off of that tree. You. But you want to blame somebody else. No, it was your responsibility to disciple her. It was your responsibility to love her. It was your responsibility to be obedient. But no, we want to blame somebody else for our shortcomings. We want to blame somebody else for what I'm doing. God just says, forget it. You have a free will. You can't blame anybody else but yourself. I got the way I was because I decided to live that way. But I got tired of living that way. I got tired of waking up every day wanting something to drink and wanting something to smoke and wanting something to get me high on. 
I got tired of, of waking up and knowing that I'm in the middle of the road somewhere and don't even know how I got there because I was so full of drugs and narcotics and, and alcohol that I would black out and not even know what I was doing. But no, you're not tired of that, are you? No, you want to just go back out that door and do the same thing over again because you don't want to come down and give it to Jesus. See, Mary and Martha were, were in the same house together, and, and Martha complained to Jesus, well, gee, I got all this work to do, all this work to do, and nobody to help me. And look at my sister. She's over there with you. Tell her to come and help me. No, Jesus says, what she chose to do is the right thing. She's that with me. Amen. See, what are you going to choose to do today? Are you going to come and let the Lord touch your life? Are you going to come and let him touch what's going on in you? Are you going to come and let him bring healing upon your life? Maybe it's not your body that you know that somebody needs healing, like your son or your daughter or a grandparent or, or an uncle or an aunt before it's too late, before it's too late. Because God's not going to stop doing what he does just because you stop coming to him. There's many people, there's a lot of seats that are empty today. Why? I don't know. God knows. Oh, oh, the pastor's away, so I won't be here today. That 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 it? Pastor says, have church. Pastor says, when I'm not here, be a team and have church. We have to work together. We are the body of Christ. We all are a part of the body. We all work together. We are a team. We are the Lord's body. But, oh, I, wait a minute. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a finger or a toe or an arm or a hand. I don't want to be part of the brain cells or the blood or the white cells or the red cells. Some of us might have blue cells, but. says, we're all part of, of Jesus. All of us. We all come together. We all work together for the good of the Lord. We all do things together. Church is not about a pastor. It's about who we trust. And if you're not here, it's because, well, gee, I'm only going to come if pastor's preaching. Pastor don't let I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. I don't deserve to be up here. Like my pastor Sonny said last week, I'm the first one that comes to the altar because I know what God did in my life. I know. And yet we forget what God done in us. We forget how he healed us. We forget how he delivered us. We forget how he forgave us. We forget that Jesus went to the cross for us. We forget that Jesus put on the crown for us. We forget that he went down into the pits of hell for us for three days. But he says, I have the victory. I have won. I have overcome the enemy.
He came up from the grave holding the keys of death and hell in the grave. He took that away from the enemy. The devil has no longer a hold on our lives. God just wants you to surrender. Surrender all to him. Not just part. Not just some. Not just a little fraction. He says you have to sell out completely. Sell out completely. I was reading an article. It was about an athlete. Athlete. And she said that what I start, I finish. What I start, I finish. I'm not going to go part way. And that's just the same way that we need to be in the kingdom of God. We can't go part way. We cannot just go some way and then stop and find a, a detour out of the road. Yeah, there's many roads that lead you everywhere. But God's only going to show you the one road that's going to lead you to the kingdom of God, the right road. He's not going to show you any other road. See, you can choose which road you want. You can go which way you want. You can do whatever you want. You can choose not to be here. But you came here because of what? Why? Why did you show up here? What did you expect to see here today? What did you come here for today? Did you come here for a miracle today? Did you come here for some hope today? Did you come here to see Jesus move in your life today? Is he real? Do you realize who he is in your life? Do you realize what he's doing in you? You know what the problem we have? Would you put up uh, Joshua chapter 6, verse 15? You know what happens in our life and our walk with God? We start building walls. We start laying brick after brick after brick after brick after brick. So far, so far, I haven't gotten this high. But we keep adding to it and adding to it. Now we keep adding to it and adding to it. So high that we can't even see over it. And we just keep building those walls up. And we're here, we're in the house of God. Here, the people in Joshua, here, as we read, on the seventh day they got up, and that daybreak marched around the city seven times the same manner, except that day they circled the city seven times. But you know what happened before that? For the six days before that, they marched around Jericho once each day. Once each day they marched around there. Nothing happened. God says, okay, go back the next day. And the next day. And the next day. And the next day. Now it's the seventh day. And they got through all seven days. And the trumpet sounded. What do you think the people were doing? What do you think they were doing? Well, okay. I don't know about you, but if I was marching around those walls for seven times that day, I would want to see something to happen. I want to expect something to happen. I want to see those walls come down in my life. I want to see something broken in my life. I want to see deliverance in my life. I want to see healing in my life. But we were just spectators. Uh, Okay. 
shouting. They were shouting. They were being thankful. They were being grateful because, see, that was their enemy. Those walls you put up is the enemy putting those walls up in your life because you don't want to seek God to say, God, I need this wall broken in my life. Today, walls can be broken. Today, they can crumble. Today, they can come down. Today, are you going to shout out to the Lord? Today, are you going to give him praise and glory for moving in your life and in your circumstance? Are you just going to be silent? Always used to hear that silence is golden. Hogwash. God doesn't want us to be silent. God doesn't want us to be doing nothing. I was going to say stand still, but even if you read that, be still, there's still action behind being still. God is wanting us to do something. But we're afraid to cry out to him. We're afraid to shout out, God, take down these walls. God, move in my life. God, move in my circumstance. I am tired. I am sick and tired. Are you tired? Then shout out. I'm tired. Shout it out. Shout it out. Oh, nobody's here tired. Nobody here wants to get healed. Nobody here wants to get delivered. Nobody here wants to be set free. Nobody. You're all saved. You're all serving God wholeheartedly, right? We think we are, but God says there's none righteous, no, not one. The only one that was able to go down into the hell and the lake of fire was Jesus because he's the only one that stood right before God, the lamb without spot or blemish. That is the only one that was righteous. Do you, do you think that you can fool God? You can't fool God. Are you going to let him in your life, in your circumstances? Are you just going to keep going away from him? Are you going to keep running from him? Are you going to keep just letting that world influence your life? Oh, yeah, that world's an influence. That's what the devil uses. He uses the world out there. He uses the tools that are out there of the world to get you convinced that you don't need God. To get you to realize, oh, well, nothing's going to happen if you go to church. So that's why you come in here without. Nothing's going to happen. You're right. Nothing is going to happen because you come in here with a negative attitude. But God's going to tell you, I don't care how negative you come in here. When you leave here, you're not going to be the same. When you leave here, God is going to have something to say about it. I didn't have to go and tell that guy, oh, hey, did you get healed? say anything to him. He spoke it out of his own mouth. I am healed. I am healed. God is wanting to see you speak it out of your own mouth and thank him for what he's done in your life. Not just today. When you first got saved, can you still thank him? When you first believed, can you still thank him? When you step out in the morning and look around, can you thank him? When you go to sleep at night, can you thank him? When you wake up in the morning, can you thank him? Can you go through the day and go to work and go to school or whatever you do and thank him? See, that's, that's why God, when, when I came up here, it wasn't me. It was God says, 
have the people shout out. Have them shout out. That's why I'm still asking you, will you shout out? Will you shout out? I don't hear you. God can't 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 hear you because you're not calling out to him. You're not shouting out to him. You're not letting him have the praise and the glory that he deserves. See, we're going to go out those doors the same way because we don't think that God can move in my situation. That's a lie from the enemy. God can move in anybody's situation. I don't care who you are. I don't care what nationality you are. I don't care what color you are. I don't care who you came from. I don't care what country you came from. I don't care if you came from the pits of hell. If you're here, if you're here, God brought you here. If you're here, it's because he wants you to know, to know, to know that he is God. We had a tremendous celebration back in September. We had a conference. We had some speakers from all around the world come. We had speakers before that. And after that, and we still have another one coming. Yes, that's right. But we come here, well, I hardly heard that guy. We just we come in here with a mindset already. Nothing's gonna happen. Nah, it was the woman's fault. God has your attention here. He created you. You don't have to like you. That's his job. You know? See, you know, there was an announcement that came out. He said, Friday, Friday, fellowship. Friday, fellowship. Friday, it's breaking bread together. Sharing and caring about one another. That's what it's about. That's what we lost. That's what we lost because we don't want to come and know who he is. This is what this message is all about. Did you come here? What did you come here for? If you just came here for yourself, me, myself, and I, that's what you're going to leave with. But God wants you to know, to know, to know, and to know. And to know that he is God. No matter what you think, no matter what you do, everywhere I go, I see him. Everything I see, I see him. Everything that I'm doing, I see him in there. Anything that I say, I want to be pleasing to him. Anything that I do, I want to be pleasing into his eyes. What does the world see in you? What does the world see in us? Are we the body of Christ? Are we part of the kingdom of God? Are we just wandering and searching? Well, maybe I'll find it one day. I remember years ago, I did a skit. It's all by myself. Kept picking up papers. Each one I picked up, one of these things. Yeah, I'm stealing. Yeah, I'm stealing. 
notice, not it. And finally, at the end, he puts up here and he says, that's the one. Jesus, he's Lord of all, King of kings. He's the only one. He's the only answer. He's the only hope that we have. He's the only one to the cross of Calvary. He's the only one that's going to set us free. He's the only one that shed his blood for us. He's the only one that washes away the sins in our life. He's the only one that can heal us and deliver us. He's the only answer that we have for the hope that is in us. You can choose religion. And why people choose religion is because they want to hear it their way. They don't want to hear what God has to say. They don't want to hear about Hebrews 4.12. thoughts and intents of our heart. They don't want to let God pierce us. They don't want to let God touch us. They don't want to let God touch 